How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I've got a very special guest for you. Today, I'm joined by a former naval officer. He's competed in powerlifting all the way to Ironman, two very contrasting sports there. And he's also now the director of the Barbell Academy at Barbell Logic. Today, I'm joined by the one and only CJ Gotcha. How are you doing? Well, ahoy. Yeah, I'm doing well. <laughs> Life is good. Good. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to, to jump on. Uh, how are you? What's been happening in, in your world recently? Uh, well, uh, so <clears throat> for, for me, I actually just got back from Florida for the Sandlot Jacks Fitness Festival, part of sort of a Go Ruck, uh, an organization that does like rucking and some uh, endurance stuff with sandbag work. Uh, they were hosting this big event. So uh, like a, a bunch of just different fitness challenges and things kind of settling in from plane flights and Huh. dealing with uh, our, our two-year-old who is an absolute joy in every way and, you know, never challenging at all. <laughs> oh, cool. And with the, um, with everything else, obviously, you know, uh, having recently spoken with uh, Matt, Re uh, Matt Reynolds from, from Barbell Logic as well, yeah. um, how has everything been going in terms of, you know, um, the, the online uh, coaching side of things, things getting back up to normal in terms of, you know, um, uh, seminars and coaching and all those sorts of things. How has everything been going on that, on that side of things? It's been exciting. I mean, for, uh, for me on my end. So like I have online coaching clients, you know, I'm working, working with my people and I, I love the, the people that I work with. And a lot of my time right now is with the, the Barbell Academy. So, you know, working specifically with students, have a, a group of about 10 right now going through one course, but then most people going through the online course kind of taking through. And that's just been a blast, honestly. Like uh, uh, the, the, I spent most of my early time in person, just uh, with, you know, coworkers, fellow Navy, uh, and then at a CrossFit gym, you know, at different places. So the shift to online for me back in 2016-ish, or, you know, the start there, and then the full shift in 20, like it was right before COVID started. So like 2019 uh, has really been uh, a learning experience and kind of a blessing. It's been, it's been awesome kind of walking that path through to, to today. Has there been much big, because I know, especially with, uh, with COVID, everything sort of, um, you know, burst online. There was, I know, you know, for myself uh, being over in the UK, there was a lot of um seminars and presentations that were you know either in the us or um in 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 europe you know when uh, when people couldn't couldn't get there for cost or whatever reason a lot more content and everything was put more online do you sort of how have you found the transition to online is it will it ever replace i know this i did warn you there may be a few tangents on this but do you think it will ever replace you know the in-person sort of uh, classroom seminar presentation um, uh, feel? Atta, it's a great question. So in terms of my transition online, because I started with uh, Barbell Logic back in 2016, like I was a lot more familiar with it. And so, you know, when everyone else like, ah, oh, you know, scrambling with like, you know, we have our systems, we, we, we've been doing this for a little bit. So that was nice. Eventually the market ca catches up. Like there are, there are so many systems and system assistants who will help you develop your systems and things that at this point, you know, people are familiar with the concept. It's not so new. It's not so, you know, staggering uh, in terms of, is it going to replace in person? Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's even touched in person yet. Uh, in a, in a particular sense, there's a, there's a saying, you know, everything is in its early days. And, and I actually think that's true. Even the things that are, that are 
uh, we look at them as being old and tired uh, it, in some ways or in their early days and how they interact with other things. And uh, if online coaching ever was to displace in person somehow, I, I couldn't see it. You know, the, 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 the industry is moving so much, but people, <laughs> gas prices increase. What do people do? Inevitably, they don't want to move as much. You know, they stay close to their local community that all these, all these different factors, so much is changing. I couldn't see everything moving online. And as well, I think from what you've said there, especially with Biologic already having those systems in place and from your experience as well, having laid that foundation of working in person rather than being on, online. I think there was a, a, a probably a case where, you know, COVID hit and everyone, anyone and anybody could be an, a, a, you know, an, an online an online coach or deliver everything on there. Whereas, you know, you still need to have that skill set of being able to speak to people, you know, in person and, you know, uh, develop that rapport and uh, re relationship and relationship with clients or, um, you know, uh, students, if you're mentoring people or, or anything like that. Um, there, if, if I could, because yeah. you, you just inspired a thought, which is, you know, we, we all see online. Like online is the public square. I can hop on my internet and find Mike Toucher, who is like last on your podcast, at least as of today recording. You know, I can find any of the people on your podcast. They're great hosts. Like I was like, oh yeah, I recognize these people. Uh, and then, but there are so many, like uh, more than there are online of in-person local coaches and groups who are just rocking it, who are dominating, who you will never hear about. There's a this big news, you know, that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, uh, and I, I saw there was a there was a financial report that by some standards Twitter is the size of Olive Garden, like it dominates our attention, uh, the the online space and all the things that are said and the big debates in the fitness industry and who said what about who, but so much is still happening in person. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really so uh, one of the coaches I work with at the at the gym that I'm at. Um, he runs sort of the uh, athletic performance side of things, so works with a lot of uh, team sport athletes. And uh, in research papers or from seminars that he's been to and the education that he's done, a lot of coaches who have a, a very good reputation within their field but aren't big on social media, they don't have a really big following because, you know, they're, um, what, what's the phrase, they're sort of in the trenches, if you like, learning their skill and just, you know, doing their doing their thing, but equally have a really good reputation. It just goes to show that, you know, um, maybe word of mouth or you know recommendations from other coaches can still um, be a big influence rather than necessarily always having um, the biggest following or or anything like that. I know from speaking with um, Matt Reynolds, it was a, it was a case of you know if you put an emphasis on quality service everything else will, you know, fall in line from there, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, I think, you know, the, the quality of service that you offer and the standard level of professionalism that you, that, that you provide, you know, can, can, can speak dividends uh, for, for, for that from a, you know, a, a client's point of view. Um, I did a little bit of a brief introduction, introduction there and um, sort of the tip of the iceberg, if you like, for everyone listening who might not know, your background, how you got involved with Barbell Logic, you know, the variety of training that, you, that you've done in the past. Just want to give a little bit of a background to yourself? Sure. <laughs> uh, I came, I came into to fitness kind of sideways. It was a really weird way. Uh, like, so in, in high school, I was just physically active, you know, fencing, taekwondo, like uh, cross country, soccer, whatever I could, you know, just because it was fun. It was something to do. 
Uh, and, you know, I got into college was probably my first time I was at the Naval Academy. Um, uh, and the, my first exposure to coaching was uh, helping other midshipmen who, you know, are failing the physical fitness test or prepping for like selection courses and things, uh, prep for their course and pass their tests. Like that was sort of my first exposure, but you're dealing with mids with all sorts of interests. Like they're, they're, uh, they, they come from all over the country, some all over the world. We had a lot of exchange midshipmen. And so like, what do you, what do you want to get better at? And so it was kind of a, a, a like a real learning, like, oh, okay, we got to be faster runners. We got to be stronger. We got to be, what does that look like? That was my first introduction to CrossFit. And then uh, like every good coach, you know, who, who dedicates their entire life and career to it, I spent seven years in the active duty Navy and didn't do anything professionally. Uh, no. So I, you graduate from the Naval Academy, you become a Naval officer. So uh, obviously I wasn't, you know, a professional coach. I like stayed in, I was writing articles at the time because that's what you do in your spare time. Uh, I, I was, and I was helping, you know, shipmates and, uh, our VBSS team. Uh, so visiboard search and seizure, it's like maritime cops. Uh, and then eventually as I started, you know, off ramping out of the active duty Navy, I started getting certifications and started looking, you know, keeping, keeping my eyes open. Uh, and then, you know, left the active duty, went to uh, back to California and it's like, okay, I have these certifications and I have practice. I've worked with a lot of people on, on like an individual, but never and consistently, never for, for, for like starting you from scratch and building you up into where you want to go as an athlete. That was never really the thing. It's a lot of like one-off sessions and platform time. So I'm like, how am I going to get hands on people that I can coach and help and get to know and learn? And in this local area, that's CrossFit. Um, I mean, you see a hundred people cycle through your gym and if you volunteer for eight classes and you got 10 people, 10 to 15 people a class, you're seeing a hundred people a day doing a lot of movement. Yeah. So I uh, took up CrossFit, started working with Barbell Logic. So doing online coaching, I was seeing a lot of one-offs for strength, barbell strength. I was looking at your bio kind of, and it, it probably very similar to your market and your goal. So applying barbell strength, but often for people who are just generally looking for health and quality of life. Um, but they know that strength is important. And then that's kind of uh, how I got to where I am now. So like along the way, uh, and in incorporating and finding people who, who want the military training, obstacle course race training. I did a half Ironman at one point because I'm uh, sure, why not? Uh, so like uh, finding and incorporating these different influences into Becky, you know, into John and what they're, what they're doing today. Yes. So that's kind of where I am now. Back in 2018, I started uh, teaching at the at the Barbell Academy at, with Barbell Logic. And for us, a lot of it was our clients were like, we want to know more about coaching. And so that program developed uh, until now. It's a, like an online learning. So you take it kind of at your own pace. But we have like the monthly calls and connections and things to just help people work towards whatever their next is. Because for some people, that's professional coaching. For a lot of people, that's not. And, you know, a, that's cool. Uh, but B, like that's where I am as a coach right now. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, you know, you said, you know, uh, powerlifting Ironman, you know, CrossFit in there, quite a lot of varied things um, uh, that, and especially when you mentioned there about qualifications, just learning, watching, watching people move and, you know, trying to get these um, different aspects because, you know, I know when we talk about even strength training, there's loads of things that fall underneath, you know, uh, strength training, whether it yeah. be CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, but then also, you know, you encompass fitness underneath that. There's loads of other things from there. 
what was sort of the well two things sort of from the from the background that you that you've mentioned there when did sort of has strength training always been sort of like a constant through that you know from the um passing the uh, midshipman uh tests you know um all the way through to crossfit and and all, and all those sorts of things or was it a case of once you had you know more time and could dedicate a little bit more time for it strength training became uh, more consistent with that through whatever training that you were doing and then also um one of the first things that you said was you know it was fun training training was fun has that always been sort of a, a theme from there because you know it's one of those things where and i'm sure we'll dive into this a little bit later where um people seem to want to identify as well i'm a powerlifter i'm a crossfitter as opposed to exactly like what you said which i thought was great i mean i'm not at that point yet where i think i would do it an iron man but i did an iron man yeah okay I, I did it you can you can cross that off the list so um them two questions kind of make sense yeah, I think the first one, and the first one really leads well into the second. So like, has strength been consistent across the board? And hell no. Like I started my my background initially was cross country in high school and soccer, and I was like 150 pounds, you know, soaking wet, and and I could run for like for a really long time. It was great. Uh, I got into to the Naval Academy and very quickly realized that uh, you know, sure I could run an obstacle course, you know, sure I could I could run for for speed, but put somebody on my back and tell me to carry them. And I was hopeless. And that like, all of a sudden that being hit in the face with, you know, all the, the physical qualities that you hadn't developed was like, a <clears throat> that set me up for CrossFit. And at the time, the, the gospel of CrossFit, that this will fill all your fitness gaps, that this would do everything you need, you know, that kind of thing. So I was, I was unfortunate. I was young. I was stupid. I was that guy who would like walk up, you know, have you met our Lord and Savior CrossFit? Like, you know, like trying to convert people off of bicep curls. It was bad. Uh, but like, it wasn't really dedicated strength training. It was just part of the wad uh, and learning the movements. So I was like, oh, I had a three plate deadlift. I'm really strong. Um, <laughs> right i was trying to uh trying to earn a slot to attempt to become a navy seal uh, to go to buds i never did uh make that you know essentially make the cut to get into the course as an officer so uh and there was a point it was at that moment when i i it, the last the last door was shut you know timing timeline wise it wasn't going to work and i said okay i'm really tired of being the weakest fast guy in the room or the strongest fast guy in the room but still pretty weak so I dedicated towards strength training, uh, you know, learning a lot about the the barbell list specifically. Uh, a Olympic weightlifter uh, uh, was running at our gym, Eric. He was awesome, and so he was kind of introducing me to the movements. And from then, again, the waves hit. So it was like CrossFit, yay! I'm an evangelist now. I'm an evangelist for barbell strength. Everyone needs strength, and strength is what you need. Uh, until, kind of, uh, in, until I started working with people professionally for real. And there's that moment, there's that click where it's like, oh, maybe it's real for me right now, but that's not working for, for Joanne, who's 62 and is never going to go to a meet in her life. Like, that's just not going to be her thing. Uh, and she has different goals. And so kind of finally, I ended up making it back as professionally to CrossFit, but I sort of mellowed out and meeting all these different people from different backgrounds, sort of it, it, it sort of killed that idea in my head that there was an answer that there was a one true way uh and then so strength 
became from there a consistent thread because it's important, a consistent thread because most people don't have enough of it. Like just in general, you know, in the population, if we look at aerobic activity and all the different things, I think probably the one that most people are uncomfortable with is progressive heavy strength training. Uh, but that's primarily just because the market's there. If we, if we had a world of people who were familiar with the gym and, and blah, 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 but nobody, you know, ever put on a pair of running shoes, I'd be a running coach, you know, cause that's what people would need to improve their fitness. So yeah, that, and that was in terms of like, is strength kind of a running thread? Uh, uh, that's, that's what I would say is that it's become one because it's important, uh, but less than it used to be because back then I'm like, that is the answer. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that kind of two things from there, maybe from a, um, probably both sides of that, from what you, from what you've mentioned, you know, from your own experiences but then um as a as just being involved in, in in training but then also from a coach's point of view from a client's point of view have you found that um you see a lot of people who come from a, a background of you know um a lot of people just get involved in running i know you know uh, when it was locked down in the uk there was people who had coached who you know didn't have access to a lot of strength tra- strength training and it was the other way around they did running and then other people who had never done any exercise before then found they were cooped up in their houses for months on end what's the exercise that i can do well, I'm going to go running because it's the first thing that people that, that people think of. Do you think that other other people have gone through that same process? And then once they've found something that's, you know, barbell related or strength related. Oh, yeah. So because obviously as a as a beginner, as a, as a novice, you're going to see great progress from whatever the first thing that you that you do is. And then, you, you know, you become um, uh, attached to that. And it's got that glorified status of, wow, this 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 worked for me. And then from a from a coach's point of view, do you think that takes time? Like what you mentioned there about, you know, mellowed out a little bit in terms of realizing what other people, different people need. Do you think that's just a, a, a journey and experience that coaches need to realize? And again, they go through that same cycle as well. I definitely think that people go through cycles that people, you know, part of the, one of the first things we tell coaches as they're coming through is you got to do this thing. Like if, if you're not already a lifter and you want to becoming a lifting coach, why? Uh, sure, you don't have to be an elite athlete to coach elite athletes technically, but if you're not, there's, there's, or you've never been in those communities, there's, there's something missing on the table. And the same thing applies here. If you've never been through, to borrow the term, a journey uh, of, of physical activity yourself, then you miss the cycles. You miss the, the wave. Like when you're, when your client is super excited about, like you said, the novice gains that they're experiencing from whatever, it can get easy to get caught up in that wave and expect that to continue. If you haven't been through four or five of those yourself and you're like, I know what's coming. It is. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to die off here, uh, and part of that is the the natural course of the novice effect. You uh, to go back to you know what you were observing with the pandemic. Oh, people stepped out running. I think it's great. You know that people would would get out and find whatever the first thing is running, rucking, body weight stuff. The the body weight fitness subreddit on on Reddit just exploded when the pandemic hit as people were looking for things to do. Uh, I think that's great. And as people find those initial novice gains, um, they get that excitement, they get that buildup, and then but when those gains slow down, 
when progress slows, when it's not just a matter of do the templated workout and you will get faster, stronger, more capable, whatever. Uh, when that stops happening naturally, then that, that cycle is over. And either you're going to find a new cycle as a consistent athlete within that field, or you're going to find something else, something else to be passionate about, something else to find fun uh, because progress is fun. And uh, if, if I'm getting to your question or your thought, like that's really, that's really part of what we navigate as, as a field, is it? <laughs> my cat, uh, <laughs> is dealing with these, these waves of excitement. And when somebody hits that point, uh, do we correctly navigate them through that to the next phase of development or equally correctly, in my opinion, uh, help them find the next thing for them? Because if somebody spends six months to a year getting stronger and then they lose, you know, excitement and strength and they find CrossFit, they find obstacle course racing, I don't see that as a loss. They got stronger. Like, if honestly, how many people in the world will dedicate six months to a year to get strength, yeah. uh, you know, and, and to build that? So if they find that and then take a circ cycle in a different way, that's on them. And that may be more fun. That may help them be more consistent. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good point because... I know when we talk about, you know, strength and we say um, a prime example is I've been in the gym, right? We're going to do the the, the powerlifting lifts and I've, I've kind of, you know, even though it is squat bench and deadlift, it is in a, it is in a, a powerlifting competition. It's kind of that, well, we're just going to use these exercises. You don't want to do a, a bench press because that it makes you feel as though you want to do a competition. Let's do an overhead, let's do an overhead press. Let's do a push press. And it's kind of, I think everyone has that thought process of we've got to go to competition because if it's something relatively new and they're making progress, then we don't want to then, if they do a competition, great. If they don't want to do a competition, what else, what else do you want to do? And then just, you know, pivoting and change, changing it around from there. And then equally, if they go and do something completely different, it's a little bit like, you know, when you're talking about as, um, as like youth athletes, you know, playing a variety of sports, you know, can build you know, a bit more robustness and different movement patterns rather than, you know, specializing really early, which kind of goes on to, you know, when we're talking about uh, powerlifting and strength sports, everyone, you know, you can type in powerlifter on Instagram and there'll be loads of profiles coming up just dedicated to, to, to powerlifting. And it's kind of, um, well, hear your thoughts on opinions on people wanting to identify with a certain sport, a certain aspect, you know, yourself mentioning with CrossFit, you know, that's a, for a lot of people listening, they were thinking, yeah, I know somebody who does CrossFit, who is like, CrossFit is the best thing. And, you know, for a lot, for a lot of people, it is, you know, and it's good. However, people forget that when you look at CrossFit, there's a variety of, of things incorporated with, you know, within that. And equally, you can then change it around to do other things and it's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing that if you're a powerlifter, if you then go and do something else, you know, it isn't the end of the world. So what are kind of your thoughts on the, the pros and cons of identifying as, as, as one lifter, if you like, or, or something different? Yeah, I, I felt like there were 15, 20 things I could have drawn from that. It <laughs> is, it's, it's, such, it's such a rich part of the worst parts of people's, you know, uh, training experience to me is, is this identity with, with a single activity because like the, it's this weird thing, I think, where 
in order to, to really buy in and commit, uh, when somebody tries something new, I don't necessarily think, oh, they signed up for me. They're already super committed. They're done. Half the time they're wearing a coat. It's like they're putting on the coat to fit it and see if it fits them right. Uh, but in order to really give it a good try, in order to, to, to really know whether this is for me or not, they have to go in, like they have to do the thing. And then, so they start reading the books. They tell themselves the stories for CrossFit, constantly varied functional movement down the high intensity, you know, the hundred words to, to elite athleticism. Like they're, they're going to learn like these phrases to give it an honest to God try uh, and, and really dig in. But then if, if you forget that you're trying if you forget that you're experimenting to test, is this the right path for me right now? Then it can become a almost religious commitment because those phrases and things are what gets you to the gym. They remind you, they like they they are the 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 drive, not not the thing that you're looking to gain, not the progress, not the goals. Uh, ugh, that becomes a tough part. Like that that can get into a trapping cycle where now the the practice isn't serving you. The practice is no longer moving you where you want to go, but you've weaved this story of how being stronger makes you a better person, makes you, you know, harder, makes you north of like a, 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 and this is not a a, a diss to anyone who uses this term, but north of vag, like that's a, that's a term in the internet. You're a harder, like meaner man, you know, because you can do this. Uh, And then after five years, you know, six years, you're actually pretty darn strong. You're not, you know, it's not really what you need anymore. It's not fitting into your life. Like you've built a new social circle and they're doing things that you think are kind of fun or exciting, but you can't really participate in. And you start drudging training. You start resenting it a little bit. It's taking time from other things. But if you were to stop, you'd be a wuss. You'd be a weakling. You'd be, you know, you're no longer that thing that you told yourself that powerlifting represented uh, in your life, that it, because I'm strong, I am good. I am all these things. So like there's, there's some deep personal stuff in the way we invest in our training. I think it's even worse in nutrition. Like in nutrition, people can get really deeply invested uh, and that would be the big con, you know, in, in the pros and cons. There are pros. Like truly investing in something, investing in the, the terminology and the community, joining the CrossFit cult, you know, if you buy the nanos and you do whatever, you do all the things and, you know, you, 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 my warm up is your workout, all that kind of stuff uh, that those people tend to stay and they tend to work out hard and they tend to really get the value of training. Uh, and if that's a good match quality for their personality and who they are, then they may find a fitness experience that works for them for life but if it doesn't or if they change because we change right like that's that's a thing uh if they change then all of a sudden all those cons start to come in yeah definitely i think there was a a a good couple of points there you know it's sometimes that um things do progress to progress through you know and touching on the on, on the strength side of things it was kind of, you know, there was a lot of clients who had garage gyms who could still train and, you know, loved it because there was nothing else they could do. But then all of a sudden it was a case of, you know, from setting up the tripods to manage the lifts and just going up and down to then just looking up a little bit and being like, oh, 
I can actually go for a walk and do something a little bit different or it's a, a little bit like um uh, especially especially after after the lockdowns and when things started getting um a lot um easing uh, the restrictions eased a lot a lot more in the UK all of a sudden bouldering and rock climbing was like just absolutely boomed it seemed that everyone who was coming into the gym was like oh so what are you doing this weekend or oh, I'm, I'm 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 going climbing um is that thing of there is a lot more to it and all those things it's a little bit like what you what you mentioned about you know strength training was always there it was just the case of or it became always there realizing that you do need to be strong but you know it might change depending on where you're at you know sometimes you might want to do a competition sometimes you might want to do other things or take a step back from take a step back from training it doesn't have to be this sort of endless cycle where it become becomes a chore or something negative and i kind of want to touch on uh especially from especially when you mentioned about being you know crossfit that was that was everything how did you kind of pivot to then especially when you mentioned realizing that um uh, that switch to think oh not everyone needs to train like this and why do you think um or what's your thoughts on why do you think sometimes people struggle moving on from that first um uh that first type of training that has enabled them to to have success and then when that starts slowing down maybe look at something else and find that enjoyment again that's a so that's a really good question the the first and it it depends whether you're coming from the lifters or the coaches side but but the the trends i think are kind of the same the first thing that that sticks people is that is that identity tie-in uh when when the frame you know, whatever, whatever you see as possible options are tied up within your frame. I think oftentimes someone who is really bought into to a model, the model, whatever, uh, whatever that may be, um, they, they don't even recognize the options outside of their frame because it's been so long. When, yeah, there's, there's a joke in powerlifting, you know, eight reps is cardio. When eight reps is cardio, uh, what is a 5K? That's, that's, not even, that's not even in your world. Like what, what do these people do? What? Uh, and so there's that, it, it, by the narrower you go, the more limited your frame is and the more that becomes something other people do. Uh, I think the, to your first question of how people break out of it, and we see this all throughout the industry. Uh, you saw it in, in CrossFit in particular, I think is a useful visual for it because uh, in the early days, you know, you're Rob Wolf's, your uh, Greg Everett's a lot of people who became you're known as CrossFit's Olympic weightlifting person, CrossFit's nutrition guy. Uh, as you walk that that narrative, that story for long enough, as a lifter or a coach, eventually it stops working. So as a lifter for me, like CrossFit, I went through it and I would hear experienced coaches say, well, CrossFit works for a while and you'll get better at everything and then you'll stop getting better at everything. And then you're going to try really hard and you're going to try, you're going to think the answer is to work harder and harder and harder. And eventually you hit a wall and you break. And I was like, Oh, yes, they don't know. You know, they haven't been doing this as long as Greg Glassman has. And so uh, I, I did exactly that. <laughs> I got better at everything. Got pretty darn good at a lot of things. Right. And then uh, when I stopped getting better, it's like, Oh, I'm just not working hard enough. I, I need to do this wad with more intention. I need to get more aggressive at it. Maybe I need to add more volume, you know, da, 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 and then my shoulder starts blowing out. You know, my hips aren't working right. My, my back hurts. Uh, and for me coming out of that was it recognizing, okay, just like any novice to post novice transition. Hmm. 
I got to find something that works because the goal was more important. I was, I was lucky enough, although I was invested personally, the, the goal was a professional standard to try to become a Navy SEAL. So if my 500 meter swim time wasn't below eight minutes, I was screwed, you know, like, and my 500 meter swim time was not below eight minutes. So I needed an answer. And if CrossFit wasn't providing that answer for me, then I needed to, to figure something out. Yeah. So I think that that would be part of it too, is, is what it's the getting out of the, the, the religious conviction for one, and then sticking to that external source, that source of ground truth. Because if what you're doing is working for ground truth, if it's getting you all your goals, why would you need to change? Absolutely. I think for, I think from there as well, you know, especially when you were saying, you know, trying harder, you know, what was going through my mind is that I've had a lot of people, you know, come into the gym who have done something or have pushed something a little bit too, uh, too far, trying to work a little bit harder. And then all of a sudden they've had to take a couple of steps back because they've got injuries or not necessarily burnt out, but have maybe fallen out, uh, uh, fallen out of love with training a little bit and have taken a little bit of time away and then I'm wanting to get back in, get back involved in it. And then struggle to realize you know what were what were they doing it doing that for you know what is it what is it that they were aiming to get obviously you know with your goal you know a navy seal there's times where you need to be able need to be able to hit in whereas for a lot of people you know really you know for getting a couple more reps at you know x y or z you know is that really worth it or is it a case what what does it mean yeah, which, which which kind of goes on to the the next part, which is you know that sort of health and life balance or training and life balance. Because for a lot of people, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, there's um, uh, that have worked and have coached with you know um, up to national standard lifters. You know, I've had um, uh, other coaches that I've worked with that work with professional athletes. But for the majority, it's, you know, Bob who just lives down the road, who, you know, works nine till five and wants to get stronger and has has thoughts of going into a competition or would someone would like to enter their first, you know, CrossFit competition or do want to do the local competition at the, at the gym. And with those with those side of things, especially sort of um, uh, with yourself becoming, you know, more of the pro, uh, professional uh, coach, how do you sort of put that across in terms of having that, you know, health life balance or training life balance, you know, from your experiences and from the people that you work with as, as well? For me, it ties to what you said earlier. So like listening there, you mentioned burnout. You said, well, maybe not burnout. You're just falling in love with training. And I'm like, mm, it's, it's almost burnout. Like you reach that point. If a lifter is reaching that point and they are not an athlete, something's wrong. That, that is just not, uh, it's, it's not productive. If we, if we were to run, <laughs> I was running a little math on exercise and longevity. If we could prove that longevity or that exercising an hour a day, five days a week uh, would add five years onto your life, it's just not worth it. It literally, if you were to run the math, it's just not worth it if longevity was the only thing that matters because of all the time you're spending training. So if you resent the training, if it sucks, you know, while you're doing it, if you're like not looking forward to it ever, uh, then it's actually a negative in your life. It's an additional stressor. It's wrong to be training at that point. So we need to do something different or we need to change up the the volume of training something. Either there's an overreaching kind of response or 
it, literally that style of training is no longer effective. And for, for me, that is a, that is a, the red flag, you know, it's the canary in the coal mine. It's if I start hearing, uh, uh, you know, today sucked, today sucked, today sucked in online. That's, that's not like a, you know, oh, well, he'll get through it out the other side. I did because, you know, in, in certain activities, because that, that was my choice and that was my sport, but this guy doesn't have a sport. So after three weeks, four weeks, two months, three months of hearing that sucked, that sucked, that sucked. Why should I be surprised when he decides to do something else, stops working with me as a coach and said, I'll be honest, you're a great coach. You know, I like you, but the training sucked. Yeah. Is that because when you, especially when you talk about the training there, there's that uh, from more so on the, on the coach's side of you, there's the, I can't remember the exact phrase, but you know, there's a, a, a program that you'll enjoy, but won't get you close towards your goals or do you know the phrase I'm trying to think, I don't know the, the actual, actual phrase for it, but then there's a program that you won't enjoy, but is absolutely dialed in to get you, get you to where, where you want to be. And I know we mentioned this earlier on in the chat in terms of, you know, well, I, I do CrossFit. So you're going to do CrossFit because I've had, I've had success with that. How do you think uh, striking that that balance is? Because, you know, especially, you know, there's especially from assessments and, and everything that you would do in terms of working with a client, there's certain things that they might need. But then also it's a case of, you know, probably as a uh, as a general population client, it's good to be quite a generalist to be, you know, what can what can we put in? Obviously, they can uh, get more specific as, as time goes on, depending on the, on the what to do. But um, how much of that is a balance of what they want and what they need when it comes to when it comes to training? If that makes sense. So I'm, I'm taking a step to reflect on that one because there's there's a lot to it. And the first the first is uh, there's a judgment there. There's an inherent uh, frame of well. I'll give them a lot of what they need and a little bit of what they want, right? You know, enough to keep them going. That assumes that I know what they need. And that assumes even if they have a targeted goal, like, oh, a lot of people come in and they state numbers. They're like, I want a three, you know, three, four, five, six, or a two, three, four, five on the press, bench, squat, deadlift, you know, for those numbers, those are my goals. But if I, if I dig in in those a little bit, so, you know, where do those come from? How would your life look like? How would you, how would you live different? How would you feel different if you were to actually hit those goals? There's nothing there. So even the assumption that, okay, they've given me these targets. Therefore, this is what I know they need to hit those targets. As a coach, a little bit of it is my responsibility in my, or it, not, I'm not going to say generalizing to all coaches, but in my practice, part of my job is to help elicit what are your deep goals? What is your why? Why are you even here? And if there's no substance behind it, then sure, I can help you work towards that. But I'm not going to push into suck territory for you to hit goals that you actually don't care about, you know, that you feel like you should hit, like they're, you know, they're shooting all over themselves. Like I'm, uh, I don't want to be a part of that. So that's, that's where I always try to, to try to strike that line is like, wait a minute, is this something they really care about? Is this, they, there are athletes who they know they need to suffer and they're not really good at suffering. They have a lot of stressors in their life. They've got a lot of anxieties. They've got a lot of other things. And there's a little bit of the, the like not masochist, but you know, like a coach is going to tell me to do it. And that's why I'm going to do it. 
you know, there's a, it, maybe that's a broken framework. I don't know, but they're competitive athletes. So, okay, whatever, like they, they need that, but I'm not going to play that game for, for a, that's not my game personally. And it's not a responsible game for most general health people. Yeah. And with that, because it's interesting when you, uh, when you mentioned there, of, well, I should be doing, I should be doing this. And that kind of goes back to, you know, wanting to identify. So they become part of the CrossFit, powerlifting, weightlifting, whatever community it is, the running community, or, oh, well, I should be having this. I should be having that. Whereas actually, I think sometimes, you know, they because it is that uh, once you scratch away at the surface, it is a little bit more of, well, actually, why do you actually want to get stronger? Well, actually, it'll give me a little bit more confidence. I'll be able to, you know, carry myself a little bit more, give me the confidence in work, whatever it may be. I'll be able to play with my kids, grandkids, or, or you know, there's always going to be a little bit more. But I think sometimes, do you think that rather than thinking, oh, well, I should have this, that from them goals that they've set there, even if they fell short, but they tick off all the other boxes that actually they kind of get into that groove of, oh, well, actually, I'm just enjoying training. This is actually pretty cool. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling those progressing. I might have not hit those numbers that I set out to hit because, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've mentioned, yeah, that would be a good number to hit. I didn't hit it, but I enjoyed the process up to it and that didn't take anything away from it. I've still got really good memories of competitions, of being aware of, of coaching other people. You know, do you think sometimes um, that that's sort of the, the benefit of training and can be kind of that spark to be like, actually, I don't need to identify with powerlifting, weightlifting or, or CrossFit. I'm just Joe Bloggs doing training because this is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I think you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even add anything to that except for a, a funny uh, anecdote, I guess. Uh, Coach Kate Solovieva. I probably Kate. Sorry if I mispronounced her name. She goes by a Solo. Um, uh, she she had a funny post where it's like, "Do you want to fit into your favorite pair of jeans? Find your favorite pair of jeans, buy them in your size, and put them on." They fit, you know, how many people like, oh, I want to be able to play with my kids, but they haven't actually made the time, you know, their grandkids. It's like, yeah, but you haven't seen your grandkids in six months because, you know, you've been busy with things or you haven't made the time. Like as a coach, like one of, one of the first questions I'll ask when I get sort of those generalized goals is what would be the actual fastest way? Like today, if I could get you within 24 hours and experience it brings you closer to your goal and you got it. Would you still train? And the answer most of the time is yes. And like there, there's, a, there's this sense that, okay, maybe I need some physical activity. Maybe I enjoy the people at the gym. And I know nobody's going to like come to this like in a conversation. But I do think it's something that we end up coming to. I think it's weird that we try to come up with like, uh, there has to be an excuse for physical activity. Like I need some kind of big goal with a capital B, capital G, because uh, we're born to move. Like we are, we are moving creatures. We enjoy movement. Like uh, swinging out again at an obstacle course race this weekend is part of this festival. Swinging, being on an obstacle course, like from monkey bars, and they had all sorts of different handles and things brachiating. There's something for me really innately satisfying about that experience. And if somebody was to say, why do you love, you know, doing that? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm human. Like I'm me. Like I can. Uh, and, and I enjoy being able to do that. 
Uh, and even if that were taken away from me, I'd find something else to do, but I'd be like, ah, but I had a good memory there. Yeah. So I think that's, I think you were dead on the money. And part of it is like, not, not making training this like, oh, I have to do this in order to achieve X. How about you just achieve X? And then we'll figure out why training is that important to you. Yeah. I think from that, obviously, there's, there's been quite a couple of, uh, of touch points that we've, that, that we've spoken about there. And I know it might be a little bit uh, different or a different perspective because there is, uh, there's lots of information on, you know, uh, powerlifting, programming, technique, biomechanics, all those sorts of things. Whereas if you're a power, I compete in powerlifting myself. I've competed in powerlifting for the, for the last couple of years. You know, I'm, I'm still training powerlifting now because, because I enjoy it. However, after the uh, British last year, I did stop powerlifting for a little bit. I went back and played rugby. Why? I miss rugby. I wanted to, I wanted to go to rugby. You know, I, I wanted to do, wanted to do something, wanted to do something else, you know, because I didn't want that enjoyment of powerlifting to go away. That's always going to be there. There's always going to be things that you, that, that you go back to. And, you know, when we're talking about, uh, movement and wanting to wanting to do things it's that that case of you know it's find what you're enjoying give it give it a go it doesn't have to be you know I think everyone has that especially with we touched on it I think at the start you know about you know being online you can google anything and you got access to see all these elite athletes whereas you know one of the questions why I ask about you know uh, backgrounds what got you involved in training is because Nine times out of ten, people got involved. One of the first things that you mentioned got involved in it because it was fun. I started doing this, and then you start start doing other things, and it's kind of that that case of you know the elite level athletes in some shape or form will still enjoy what they do. However, you know how many talking about I'll just use rugby as an example because that's the that's the other sport that I follow. They'll go play golf. They'll go do something. They'll go do something else. Because, you know, they've had their uh, lifespan, if you like, of doing what they were doing. Obviously, they got, you know, they got, they got paid for it or, you know, have competed at a high standard. But then they've done something else after that, um, which I think is, you know, people forget that sometimes where it's like, no, I need to do powerlifting. I need to try and be the best powerlifter that I can be. And it's kind of, you will progress. You will be better. A little bit like what you mentioned there about CrossFit. You did get better at certain things. But then also you've done an Ironman, you've done you've, you've done all the other things that you know you equally enjoyed and had that human movement. Yeah, there's there's something. <clears throat> the most successful, at least the, like the really successful athletes, at some point it's not fun. The, the in order in order to take first place on the podium or even just get a podium placement if there's enough people in the game, it's not fun, and the sport has to go from fun to fulfilling somehow. Like it has to make that transition for most people, quite frankly, their physical needs can be met in by fun activity or at least by activity that's fulfilling today. It's not even like a career fulfillment or it's like, but literally like uh, uh, strength training. I've, I've known some people who they, the gym experience was really oppressive to them. They just didn't like it. The music, the smell, whatever they got a home gym and it's fun. It became fun all of a sudden and vice versa. People are at a home gym and they're like, oh, it's just me alone there. And I, I encourage them to like sign up at a local gym. Like if you can't afford that and me go to the gym, you know, and, and like, you know, we'll, we'll work this out later. And they're like, oh my God, like it's fun again. It's, it's I want to do this thing again. 
So we we have this vision. There's like a the there's a term the relationship escalator. There's a, there's a an athletic escalator that oh like I guess if I've been doing this for two years, it's, I'm pretty serious at it. So I need to treat like this like it's a really serious thing. Why? You can play for ten years if you want. You know, as long as it's meeting your goals and serving you. And when you look at WHO health guidelines, 150 minutes plus of, or, you know, general moderate physical activity and two days a week of resistance training gets you 70 plus percent of the health benefit of physical activity. It's like, that's not hard to meet. Yeah. So unless you, unless you really dig being a high level athlete, unless like that, that pushing beyond fun is fulfilling. So it doesn't have to be fun to be fun, but unless that's fulfilling to you, then why push there? Especially if that burnout then risks just you stop training. Like if you stopped, if you didn't do rugby and you're like, you know what, I'm going to power through this powerlifting thing and all those numbers that I didn't hit before, like this is going to be my year. And then six months into it, you stopped training uh, and you're like, I'm burned out. I'm going to take a month off. That becomes two months and then six months. And then you look back a year later and what happened? That happened to me. I spent about a year and a half off training after I started, you know, I, st- I started work and then, you know, the kid was coming up and there were some, you know, like home issues that were, they were like literally, I, I just taking care of people um, uh, who were sick. And as I look back on it, I, I was training once a week during that window. And I look back at it, if I had just let go of the, the death grip, you know, uh, of strength training and had let it be fun and done things that were fun, I could have still done more and been blessed by that yeah definitely I think that was I think that's a really good point and you know when you when you mentioned there about um oh I should take this seriously right now there's like a there's I don't know if you've seen it but there's a meme where it's like yeah I benched I benched 100 kilos or I bought protein powder I need to take things I guess things are getting really serious now and I always <laughs> yes. use that but yeah because the you know uh the the joke that I'll do with clients when I'm in when I'm in the when I'm in the gym probably about maybe 70, 78% of the time laughing and joking in sessions. And then there's a certain part where, yes, you know, when you get to a, a certain level of strength relative to that, relative to that person, you do need to concentrate when you squat because, you know, I don't want people injuring themselves. There are certain times where you just need to concentrate and be like, oh, right, okay, I'll end this. And then once the bar's down or once you've finished the skier or whatever it is, then you can start. That's the community. That's in the community side of things. But you doesn't have to be really serious and be like you have to walk in and just have a have a stern face on all the time. Because I always think I want to look over. I always look and see. You know, I've always fancied doing a, a strongman competition because every time I look over and see people doing strongman, I'm like, that looks pretty cool. That looks that looks. I, I'd like I'd like to give that a go. And they look like they have fun doing it whereas if I looked over and people were frowning and scowling and just you know no you need to do you need you need to do this that doesn't look very good because you know then that way you know again on maybe a little bit of a tangent that maybe puts more barriers of people getting involved in physical activity as opposed to oh well that looks fun I'm going to give that a go do that for a little bit and then you can still make progress it's just you know sometimes it might be you know moving laterally to the side to then move forward in 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 doing in doing something else you know if everything went up in a straight line you know we'd all be deadlifting 500 500 kilos if it, if it was that easy but you know sometimes you've you've got to take um a couple of different paths to where you get to to, to get to where you want to be um 
quite a lot of topics and a, a few tangents uh, for, thrown in there. Um, the, the last question that I like to ask, obviously, you know, we've spoken about training, variety of training, mindset, you know, identifying with, you know, certain training uh, modalities. But for everyone listening, whether it's uh, clients or coaches listening, what would be your take-home points or words of wisdom? can't get away from self-reflection, from introspection. Like you have to be in this for whatever you're in it for. As soon as it becomes about should, as soon as it becomes about, you know, a, a, a vision that isn't aligned with your VIP, your values, identities, and priorities, the game's cooked. It's, it's not sustainable and eventually it'll fail. But once, uh, or even if it's along the process, if you can align your practice with your VIP, whether that's as a coach or as a lifter, wherever you are, then that's something you can do for years. That's something you can enjoy. And 20 years back down, you can look and be like, I said yes every step along the way and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it. That's, I think that's a, a, a very good piece of uh, take on points and words of wisdom to, to, to finish on finish on from there, you know, because I think a, a lot of people, you know, you want to be able to look back or even be able to look forward and think that you're still doing, still doing things and, and, and still enjoying it rather than, you know, feeling, oh, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. You know, there's still opportunities to do that. Um, thanks a lot, CJ, for taking the time to jump on. Really enjoyed chatting with you today. Um, if anyone's got any questions about what we've chatted about today, the work that you do with Barbell Logic, um, uh, where can people find you or reach out to you? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> virtually any of the social media, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, CJ Gocher. Um, so that, that's just uh, the easiest way to find me or reach out. And then uh, if you're looking for to interest in what we're doing with the Barbell Academy and maybe learning how to apply your VIP through strength to whatever your goal is, you can go to barbelllogic.com slash academy or our Facebook group, uh, the, the Strength Coaches Learning Corner. So uh, those are probably the easiest way to reach me and kind of find out what we're doing. Awesome. Thanks again, CJ, for taking the time to jump on and chat. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will see you all next week.